Well, good morning. I'm Tamara McDaniel, and this is Plant Experts live at Prairie Gardens. Join us. We're at 3000 West Springfield in Champaign at the corner of Springfield and Duncan, or phone in and uh, let us know your questions or comments. 356-9397. Or you can even text us at our uh, text line which is 351-5357. We have one expert with us so far. Fortunately, Mary Ann showed up. Good morning, Mary Ann. Good morning, Tamara. And we, John is off. John we is know. off. Well, I mean, he's not here. <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> we always know he's a little off, but don't bounce. Yeah, John has the day off and then, um, Steve Brown, we're hoping we'll be able to join us, but we'll just kind of play it by ear. Yeah, we'll do that. Maybe I'm busy here. with the huh. customers. There you go. Thank goodness you're here. Well, you could do it. I know you could. Uh, 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 is it the air circulation? Are you feeding it? Okay, that's all I can help with. You got it. You're right there. Oh, but uh, they, they had a really good article in the News Gazette today. Ryan Pankow. He nice writes, guy. Yeah, he. You can tell just by reading by reading his articles. <laughs> he's a yes. He writes really well. He sounds really nice, and he's it, he's so knowledgeable and he, and friendly. He really is passionate about what he does. Like you can always tell people like that. That's, that's why I love yeah, this, people this business. Like that, like Steve I, Brown. I, I think I, say, I think Marianne's talking about herself there. Really? No, I'm talking passionate. To loves what she does. <laughs> nice person. Really good soul. Oh, stop. Uh oh, yeah. Steve Brown. You have a summertime cold coming on. I do. Oh, I'm so sorry. I do. Stay back. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> we'll keep having some vitamin C along with our coffee and uh, and wait for people to call in. Now, uh, so the garden walks is what uh, Ryan was writing about exactly. in today's article. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, all of the master gardeners. And it's not just Champaign County. Right. That's exactly right. It's a, a several county. The, uh, Tis the season. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a great place to go. To get ideas just visually and then intermingle, ask questions. That's yeah. what garden walks are about. Yeah. You, you don't have to take away the, the whole concept of, of a garden. You know, I just got to duplicate this at home. There's always a small vignette or some little thing that they do in the garden that you, you really need to have in your garden that you'd like to do, which is very very practical, you know. Don't don't try to do the whole thing. Yeah, that's crazy. So, so I know we have tickets for sale here. Yes, we do for the Master Gardener Walk coming up. So June sixteenth. Hey, gee, when is that, huh? Next Sun, next yeah. Saturday. Next Saturday. Yep, nine a.m. to four p.m. So we've got that, and then I'm not sure what the lineup of the other ones is in the area. I think. W oh, I think there's a list in the article. Yes, there is. I was thinking it was Vermilion is today. Uh, tomorrow, noon to five tomorrow is uh, Vermilion County, and and then next weekend is, uh, of course, Champagne's and... There we go. But it's just, it is the season. You're absolutely right, and, Steve. And Marianne's been on it several times. Yeah, my garden has. I haven't, but... Um, well, actually, you were. <laughs> June 23rd is Ford in Iroquois Counties. There awesome. Yeah. That, that's a nice separation. You could do a garden walk a weekend. So so what's yeah. it like, Marianne, as far as the build-up and anticipation? I mean, I mean, of obviously, house. you have a very high standard on any given year for enjoying your yard. Well, first and of all, I do my garden for me. 
period. No matter whether you're on the garden walk or not. Exactly. Good for you. I do my garden for me. I, it's it's an expression of me. It's what I feel comfortable with. And that's what you want to show people. It's like the interior of your home. You know, you do it for yourself to make yourself comfortable. The exterior is just the uh, living space that happens to be not have a roof on it. So, you know, it should be an extension of you and what you're comfortable with. And if that's a meadow, that's great. You know, that's yes. there's nothing wrong with that at all. But it usually happens. It doesn't just happen. You know, there's um, advanced notice or warning, as you will. Um, if you're a year. Be on yeah, they 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 walk. choose okay. the uh, each extension group uh, chooses their gardens ahead of time, a year ahead of time usually. So you're not just like, can you do this in a couple of weeks? It's not like that. Okay, good. So you know, if you have any major things that you want to address in your garden, you have a little bit of time to do it. And so I'm, I'm sure it varies with the group. Sure. But. Perhaps in Champagne, how much assistance would you get for mulching or weeding or anything at the last minute? All you want. Really? I got to tell you, That's they call them, they call them garden angels. It's the, uh, seriously, how appropriate. isn't that wonderful? Yes. It's it's the master gardener group and and people who are on that particular committee, the garden walk committee. Uh, they they volunteer in different parts of of the event and part of that volunteering is to do that particular thing that Steve said help you in your garden you know any of those last minute things oh you've got to deadhead your daylilies you know because that happens every day because daylilies bloom for just one day so yesterday all the flowers that were out aren't out today so oh my gosh I can't let anybody see a dead bloom you know (laughs) that kind of thing (laughs) but even leading up to it there's all sorts of assistance so the bones and the overall beauty is really there because of the efforts and planning and creative creativity of the garden Absol- owner, Absolutely. Of the homeowner. Absolutely it is. But it doesn't hurt to have all these extra hands coming in that last week and, oh, we need a little mulch here, or we need some deadheading there, we've exactly. got to pull a couple weeds. That's exactly right. So ideal weather would be to have a good rain once a week. Mm-hmm. Prior to the garden walk and not have a rain within a few days of the garden walk. That seems almost ideal. Because that way your yard doesn't get quite as trampled. But it's June in the Midwest. Yes. (laughs) Well, perhaps that could happen, right? Sure. I'm sure sure they all are hoping for a good one. I know some people in the listening area got... There was some rain yesterday, obviously. It was very spotty. Yeah. Yeah. Very sporadic. Uh, I had had an inch of rain. Yesterday. Yeah. You got that much? Yeah. Wow. wow. It, yeah, wow. <laughs> Jinx on you. <laughs> it was. <laughs> it was pretty intense. It just came down. I, I, I just happened to be walking through the front of the house at, at a given moment, and I could not see the house across the street. It was coming down that hard. I heard about that. Just the, in that I was, I was on the air, and I look out the front windows, and, oh, it looks kind of dark out there. And then I just got busy with my show, and yeah. then the, the next thing I know, I'm walking out to my car leaving and I'm like oh did it rain out it must rain yeah. well it was a very small storm I was watching and it just happened I worked outside in my garden all day yesterday oh. I couldn't have been any more wet if I'd been standing out in the rain <laughs> and I had just sat down and I'm thinking wow the, the sky's getting pretty pretty dark so I got my phone out looked at the radar and it's like this little tiny storm just southwest of Champaign-Urbana yeah and it moved across the southwest part of it um and just kind of skirted the central part of Champaign where I live and um it let go nice nice it was 
I needed it because I planted all sorts of stuff. It was really awesome. Segway, oh, segway. So what did you do? I actually planted a few trees, uh, shrubs that I I had purchased um, in the last couple of weeks, and finished out all the annuals that I bought are all really in. Wow. Wow. Something, whether it's in the ground or in a pot. So That's impressive. Very few things lying around in trays or pots. Well, I didn't say that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I did okay. the same thing this past week. Did I was you? quite That's proud awesome. of myself. Yeah, at least it's in a container or in the ground. That's, isn't it feel good? It's like, yes. It does, finally. Once this year. What's next? What did you do, sir? Well, actually, before we hit we up what Steve did, oh. yeah, let's go to the phone lines Fabulous. and find out what Mike has done recently. Okay. Mike, how is your garden growing? Hello. There he is. Hi, Mike. Hi, <laughs> Thanks for joining morning. us. So, um, yeah, this is this is Mike Bills. You guys know I'm a faculty advisor for the uh, College of Veterinary Medicine student-run poisonous plant garden. And this year, for the first time since 2011, we're one of the official gardens on the, the Garden Walk tour. Really? So I will really want to encourage all your listeners to stop by and maybe get a, a different angle, different slant on some of the plants and weeds that they're very familiar with. Uh, we serve as an ed- we're not an aesthetic garden, so I will tell you that, but we're an educational garden to educate the veterinary students and in the community. I have usually give several tours every summer to garden clubs and stuff like that. <laughs> But the main reason I wanted to call in was give you guys some props, because every year for several years, uh, Prairie Gardens has very generously donated uh, replacement plants to us for some of those things that don't quite make it through our uh, central Illinois winter. We move a lot of plants over to the, uh, like oleander and stuff, over to the university greenhouses during the winter, but a lot of them stay in the garden and, and especially you know as we all know this february march was a little tough and no kidding. so we came in this week and john uh walked through with us with my student uh, curators and uh and we selected a few things replacement so i just really want to uh, express our appreciation for your continued support of our educational mission for the students and the community so thank you thank very you much. mike that's great mike let me ask you a question um Sure. So is your garden all the things you shouldn't plant? Is that that's that, is that how you're educating people? I was wondering that too. No, yeah. not at all. It's um, In fact, when we have azaleas, we have things that and use and things that you should plant. It's more just an educational opportunity, obviously for our veterinary students, because they're going to be dealing when they get out and practice with animals that may have consumed things. Absolutely. But it's more just to, I mean, the example I always use, I mean, oleander, as you guys know, is a beautiful plant you go down the south there's you know in california there's the the median in the highways is all sure. oleander mm-hmm. but it's knowledge and realizing okay it's probably not the best plant to put as a hedge around a children's play area at a daycare center right. you know just oh. know where plants are appropriate where they're not because you're aware of potential risk that certain plants may have if they're consumed um, yeah, you know, I think that's great. Don't consume a lot, and kids don't consume a lot. But if they do, you need to be aware of it. Exactly, that's, that's great. great. That's a very interesting garden. So yeah, that's one to check out. Absolutely, during the garden walk yes, next Saturday. Sun- yeah. Saturday. We're, we're a little different than the rest of them. Again, it's not it's it's not necessarily beauty. It's more education. That's great. Uh, we'll take that. Yeah, thanks a lot, Mike. Yeah, thanks for coming in, Mike. We thanks, appreciate Mike. that. And thanks right. again, just for your your guys' support. We really, really appreciate it. Thank you. 
You're very Take welcome. Care. And yeah, thanks for mentioning that, Mike. We appreciate it. 3569397. This is Plant Experts live at Prairie Gardens. Cindy in Champaign is standing by. Hey. Hey. Hey, Tamara. Hey, girl. <laughs> Plant Experts. I love you guys. Um, I <laughs> we love so you much. too. But I just wanted to, to um, the corroborate, I wanted to be the um, evidence uh, corroborator for uh, Marianne's. Uh, it happened at 436 because I taped it. <laughs> Oh, the rain? <laughs> yeah, my brother lives in California. He's a lot older than me, and he he always acts like you know, oh, you know, I'm, he's been there so long. But I'm like, you're a corn-fed Midwest boy. So he's an engineer out there. So, but what he misses is the storm, and uh. so I was right there by the door, and we got hail. Did you get hail, Mary? Yep. We got everything that day. Wow. Yes. So and it wasn't it supposed to. Minutes. Yeah, yeah. It was It was just weird. It was just like, you know, manic depressive weather. Yeah, so, um, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that's, that's what I call it. So, um, so I taped it at 436, oh, and, I, and then I sent it to my brother, and I'm like, ha, 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 in San Diego, we're... <laughs> We got a storm and you didn't. <laughs> so. Yeah, thank you very much, dear. I love it. That was love. That was love. That so is so... We did. We got awesome. it. We got it. We got it hard for about long enough to get that inch you're talking about. Yeah. It it so. did not it did not last for very long, but the winds came up and the rain was oh, so hard. Yeah. And I think that the, the, the canopy that the master gardeners were working under, where they take tickets and stuff, was actually destroyed. And and oh, I believe it. People were rushing uh, uh, into my potting shed up under my covered porch in the back, and it was a mess. But yeah, we're just down the street from you. And yeah, so that, it, right, it, exactly. It was a few years yeah. ago, but you know what? <laughs> it happened. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the truth. No, no, oh, I mean, thank I, you. You know that I mean yesterday. Oh, yesterday. The storm Oh, yesterday. I thought you were talking yeah. about the... I, I thought I was I th the one that was lost. I was I was at the garden walk. Yeah. This was... Oh, I was my dear, that Cindy. happened That happened at the last time I was on the garden walk. Um, and there was it wasn't supposed to rain either. It was it, almost exactly the same thing, except yesterday I don't think we had the rains. I mean, the winds like we did... I think it was five years ago I was on the walk or six. And, and the same thing happened. We had a, I had a huge crowd of people in my yard. And, and that... It just came up out of nowhere, and I at the very same thing. Right. So yeah. yesterday okay, was a real I event. To, I was trying to yesterday, corroborate your, your, yeah. you were the only one who said that it happened. You know, I, I, I know. Just I, just, up out of I just asked a coworker yeah. who lives just northwest of town. He said, "Oh, if I got a tenth of an inch, it was you know." I said, "But I got yeah. an inch." He said, "What?" <laughs> so like, yeah, no, it I happened. was in the middle of the yard project. <laughs> oh gosh. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, so so I just wanted to corroborate that it did happen, and it was. It did happen. Thank you, thank you very and much. We got so hail. We got <laughs> yes, we did. It was pea-sized hail at my house. Yeah, a, a, yeah, a bunch of it. It was still fun to fun to film. Okay, all right. Thank oh, you. Yeah, yeah bad. That's neat. Okay. <laughs> Thanks, Sandy, for calling in. <laughs> okay, it, we'll see ya. Okay, take care. It, it brought back memories of the garden walk a few years ago. I thought that's what she was talking about because the garden walk we were talking about. The perfect kind of garden walk? Yes. Well, it was a perfect day until 
about Until whenever I out remember of the, the time of day, but yeah, there it was. It all of a sudden, <laughs> uh, it can happen. And, and then you got really around. trampled down. Oh yeah, oh, <laughs> because people didn't leave; they just stayed. And it was wet. And, and it was oh very yeah, compacted. Oh, gushy. Oh yeah, that's okay. Three five six nine three nine seven. This is Plant Experts live at Prairie Gardens. Go back to the phones where Jim in St. Joe is standing by. Good morning, Jim. Good morning. I don't have a question. I have a comment. Your okay. show is so informative and oh, so yeah. interesting. It should be on much longer than 45 minutes. <laughs> wow. Thank, you. Thank, Thank you, you very much, Jim. <laughs> I mean, well, that's awesome. I, I, Pressure. I, listen, Pressure. I, I begin listening to you, and next thing you know, it's time for you to sign off until next week. And you should be on for at least an hour uh, uh, two hours would be even better. Oh. But your show is just, just so informative every Thank week. You. That Thank it you. That's really awesome. Much longer. And that's, Jim, that's all I have to say. Thank you Thank very you, much. You have a good day, honey. Thank you, Thank you very much. Bye-bye. 356-9397. Plant Experts live at Prairie Gardens. Mark in Champaign is patiently waiting. Good morning, Mark. How are you? I'm well. Good morning good. to you. Thank you. Good morning. My lawn was treated last year for Pythium blight, and it is back this year. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with that particular disease. I've never had it happen in my yard, but yeah. But Marianne winced when you said it. So. Both of us did. I was looking <laughs> yeah. at Steve. He well, winced okay. also. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Ew. Well, I, I'm I'm confident it was accurately diagnosed. It was the gentleman from the U of I Turf Services. So. Sure. Uh, is there anything I can do, or is, do I need a commercial chemical to knock it down? What is it called again? Pythium blight. Pythium blight. Blight. Probably, I personally would use a, a, a commercial service myself. I I would have to do some research I, I couldn't tell you off the top of my head which fungicides might be most effective and as with any fungicide uh, a preventative before the conditions are are right for the fungus to flourish exactly is going to be more effective than once the fungus is in overdrive here so when they made the diagnosis did they list, list any chemical controls for you no, he, he said, uh, yeah, uh, and we had a commercially sprayed. I don't remember what they put down. It was something not not available to. I, I, yeah, I would probably go back uh, and just go online to the to the University of Illinois Extension and the turf grass specialty and see and, and if you type in Pythium Blight Central Illinois or Pythium Blight University of Illinois lawns, something like that, you're going to get it and see what they're recommending and if they do advise a chemical control then I think this next step is to say is that something I can even buy or is that something that a commercial applicator only uh, can apply and then I would probably go from there but uh, when you go back to do the research it'll tell you how effective uh, preventative treatments are versus curative treatments and again all we're trying to do that we can do is to suppress it to keep it from becoming bad, we can't just get rid of it per se, unfortunately. Yeah, because they said the biggest risk factor was frequent watering, and I, I, I rarely water, so it's. Huh. Hmm. And this is. I, I'm a. 
water it to keep the grass alive, not to keep it bright green. So. Sure. And you're sure. watering in the morning, I assume, when you do water, or even yeah. perhaps during the heat of the day, uh, there might yeah. be some imp might be some there to keep the environment just a little bit cooler when you do water. Uh, but just avoid the evening. A number of times, uh, uh, lawn problems are usually about drainage. So the the water, having too much water on it, maybe at the wrong time of day might be the, the issue. I don't know. How does one spot this? What does it, it look it like? Spot. <laughs> it spots. It spots, huh? It spots. Yeah. That's how you spot. It's spotted by the spot. And it has, uh, the, I mean, the grass turns brown literally overnight. And then it has a sort of a fuzzy texture to it. There, there's some more common uh, funguses that look similar, but not exactly the same. So, okay. But, yeah, brown spots which appear just overnight or within one or two days, and then this white fuzzy on the brown spots. Oh, that does sound well, When it was diagnosed... Yeah. When it was diagnosed, did they recommend any cultural changes as far as improving the drainage, core aerating, mowing higher, any uh, of I, the... I, I've, I've done all those. We aerated. We, I, I mow it definitely on the long side. And, and when do you fertilize, if you fertilize? I, I did put down a fertilizer about four weeks ago. Uh, I, I usually fertilize once in the spring, and that's it. And I guess the only thing I'll suggest, because uh, it sounds like you're doing darn near everything just right, I guess I would consider changing my fertilizer over to the fall application. Um, okay. If we have enough moisture in September, you could consider feeding then. If we don't, if we don't get some moisture until October, feed then or even November, uh, and just let that plant, let the grass absorb it. And then it, in the spring, it can come on as slow as it wants to. It's not going to get any kind of boost or anything like that. And I think that could be at least some of a difference maker. But uh, obviously, it sounds like to me you're going to have to reseed again in these areas. Um, yeah, I, don't I did a lot of spot killing last year to get rid of the real coarse grass. Um, Sure. I, re I overseeded everything last fall, but yeah, um, sounds like we'll be doing that again. It, it, it does. And how sunny is the area? Pretty sunny, I assume? Yes. Yeah, most um, of it's full sun. And I, again, I, I'd have to do some research uh, before I could just say, but I, I would consider an alternative uh, grass or lawn maybe in this area, too. And, um, but again, I, I don't want to say plant this without looking some things up and seeing what would be more resistant or more tolerant of it. But um, maybe as opposed to a bluegrass type blend, maybe I'm going to take a look at a turf type tall fescue. I don't yeah. know that without doing some research, but I might just have to change. Uh, and uh, depending upon your standards, uh, you could certainly slit seed something like that into the area. And uh, if, if it was resistant or more tolerant to the pythium than the bluegrass. But again, I don't know that without doing some research. But just to repeat the same thing over and over and over. <laughs> yeah. Uh, obviously, in where, in where you want to be. Yeah. Okay. So I'd, I appreciate I'd, it. I'd Google search the pythium blight for lawns, University of Illinois, see what the chemical controls are. 
then hopefully they're also mentioning whether it's a decent use as a as a curative or only better as a preventative find out if it's something you can even buy yourself or if it's a commercial applicator product only and then make that choice as to whether whether you want to do that or not i'd i'd do some research to see if some turf type tall fescues or some turf type ryegrasses or if there's any certain varieties of bluegrass that are more tolerant or more resistant to pythium um, so then i was trying to when i when i overseed again whether that's this summer or this fall uh, I have a better opportunity to, to be good. I would still coordinate the heck out of things. Uh, the more the merrier. If you did it twice a year, I don't see how that could hurt a thing. Um, and then it sounds like you're watering properly. Again, morning or even midday sometimes on some of the hot season diseases is okay because you cool down the environment a little bit, but you're not offering too, watering too often, which is fantastic. The only recommendation I'd have then would be the fertilizer. Consider a fall application and just forget a spring application at all altogether. And if I need a commercial chemical, um, my problem last year was finding somebody who didn't want to you know, fertilize every other week and <laughs> exactly. Uh, <laughs> you have to find somebody who has your best interests in mind and not theirs. <clears throat> That's an excellent way to put it. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, good luck. I'm, yeah. I'm, it sounds like a terrible problem, Mark. But <laughs> I, I certainly wish you luck in it. And uh, you know, after after it's been like maybe a month or so, and you see how it's going. We'd love it if you called back and told us how I was going. For sure. Mark, are you smack dib and dab in a conventional residential neighborhood? Yes. Okay. And that's, that's what I don't get either. Is none of my neighbors seem to have this. They just seem to find us. Huh. Well, I would imagine there's pressure to have a conventional-looking lawn because you don't want to be that guy uh, <laughs> that has a, an alternative lawn. But... Um, if you lived more of an outlying area, I would consider going a totally alternative route, but probably not yet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, we're, we're not the better homes and garden lawn, but, uh, it, yeah, there is. Yeah, you want you want to fit in that range of normal anyway. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. You don't want to be that guy. <laughs> <laughs> Although well, my best... wife might be fine with that. <laughs> <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> we all strive for it, Mike. Uh, <laughs> or, or Mark, well, sorry. Thank you. Thank you very much. Good oh, luck. So, yeah, good luck, and thank you for calling in. It's 356-9397, Plant Experts Live at Prairie Gardens. So, Steve, were you busy in your yard this week? Did you get anything done? I'm trying to think what the major accomplishments were. Um, <laughs> and nothing's jumping, but I'm trying to line up a project, as you can see behind here, uh, oh. to get a few things going. Oh, but, that's yours. He yeah. was late oh, because my. he was shopping. He was out there shopping. That's why. Yeah. So this last week, uh, still getting some mulch down, trying to keep some of the weeding down, yeah. trying to make sure the watering is suppressed, but a lot of time watering because it's been so stinking dry, even though we had yeah. a, a good rain a week ago and even though some people got a rain yesterday out of it uh, a lot of time watering and again when you have june and july temperatures august temperatures here yeah. in early june i think uh, it's important for sure um, starting to celebrate a little bit in the garden <coughs> actually harvesting cucumbers yay uh, already wow. uh, been 
harvesting lettuce and spinach for quite some time. Sure. Uh, already carrots are looking good. Got to get out there and thin them a little bit more. Um, asparagus, uh, kind of letting it do its own thing, not harvesting it too much. Um, <laughs> Trying not to, right? Well, yeah, actually just kind of letting it mature and get thick up. I'm actually going to probably have to shade uh, the rhubarb a little bit oh. with the sun and uh, wow. the heat. It's actually starting to look a little bit tired. Yeah. Mm. So I was kind of hoping the asparagus would shade it enough, but we're not, that's not quite working out so well. But anyway, harvesting's going good. Um, looking forward. Got some sweet potatoes to plant. Uh, we've got just a few yeah. left over here, a few bundles. we got yes. one more order in. Yeah. So anybody who didn't get some sweet potatoes planted, it's, you still have time to get it done. Um, yep. So that's kind of on the radar. Maybe just a little bit of ornamental gardening coming up this week. Yeah, I, I see hope. some beautiful grasses in your selection over there. Yeah. 356-9397, Plant Experts Live at Prairie Gardens. Julie in Tuscola is uh, phoning in. Good morning, Julie. Good morning. Thanks for taking my call. I'm calling about the tomato worm moth. They're out flying. We had one last night, and our flowers tried to swat it, missed. Um, anything that can be done to trap them, sticky traps, as opposed to just sitting out under the moonlight and waiting for them to approach your tomato plants? <laughs> I, I can see it now. <laughs> I'm probably swatting more mosquitoes than anything. That's all right, though, isn't but it? They can, they can really wreak havoc with your plants in no time at all, and you just yeah, have to be vigilant uh, picking off the worms. But uh, I'll, I'll hang up and let you address the topic if you've got any insight there. Okay. Thanks, Julie. Thanks Thank you. very much, Julie. So it's called a what kind of worm? Tomato worm? Tomato worm moth. 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 Oh, tomato worm moth. Okay. So it's the time of year when moths start to flit about everywhere. I've, even in my garden, I don't, I don't have any vegetables this year. So what do you do for them, Steve? I don't. You don't? You just let them do their uh, thing? Well, yeah. And if I see any larvae, any any caterpillars, if you will, that are consuming anything, I'll deal with those. But as far as trying to do something about the adult, I don't know of a thing that you can do. Because, well, certainly you want to stay organic because you're going to be eating the tom tomatoes, right? Yeah, but it's a, it's something that's flying around. How are you going to effectively control it unless there was a trap or something? And I'm not familiar with any kind of trap well, for it. Julie was swatting them. I think that she's <laughs> probably, probably as effective as anything. She said the sticky paper, like fly paper, if she could I don't know. hang some of that. I don't know if they're attracted know. to the yellow or not, yeah. typically. I mean, you might get a whole bunch of other critters on there. Maybe red because, that's, you know, they go to, well, no, that's not right. That's, they don't go to ripe tomatoes. But are they no. also perhaps just part of the ecosystem when it comes to growing tomatoes? I don't know that they're beneficial Okay. as far as we're... Oh, it's important to have it. No, okay. I wouldn't think so. I mean, it's part of the ecosystem in a general sense, but well, uh, I, if they're if they're so if, if they're damaging them, my vegetables, I don't care if they're part of the ecosystem. <laughs> okay, they're, they're, out, they're out, of out of here. <laughs> but, but, I just always picked off the worms. I, yeah. I, I just never because I maybe because I'm not around, but I just never watched the moths. I just don't remember seeing them out and about because I well, I'm here all day, so you know. Right. Um, do they usually lay them just like right on top, or are they buried in the tomato fruit? Or it's along. It's are they visible? It's to not the, the fruit. Naked eye. It's not in the fruit. It's on the uh, leaf petiole usually. I think, isn't it? I would. I, I'm not 100 percent sure. Okay. Um, but again, most people don't have the problem, and and then all of a sudden, once you have the problem, 
you turn around and say, what happened to my tomato plant? Or you can have, even if you're paying attention, you can have a whole stem gone uh, literally riddled oh. and it's usually towards the top of the plant more so than at the base of the plant um, what about maybe covering it with a netting uh, if you had a cage and you wanted to put something like the harvest guard around the plant you could certainly do something like that but again what i would do is if i i pay attention and if i have the problem i'm going to grab that sucker and yank them off the plant. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. Most people forget about this concept, but it, it's what happens in, in the field management when in cornfields and soybean fields, scouting is really important, which just means that you're observing. You're walking through your crops and observing. You do that at home. You should do that at home. Hmm. Uh, whether you've got squash or, or, or tomatoes or, or whatever it is, just pay attention to what's happening in your garden. I, I a lot of times would find like Steve was just saying, one whole stem would be riddled, and then I'd start looking for the, the worms, but I, I wasn't diligent enough to pay attention to the moths. I'm surprised Julie was able to actually, you know, pay attention enough to actually see them. I think that's great. But, yeah. yeah, beyond, with past the, I mean, the moth thing, I don't know how to address, but certainly just picking the, t- yeah. the worms after that. Exactly what Mary Ann said. I think the earlier you can see any symptoms of a problem, the the easier it is to try and control the problem. I'm not real keen on spraying uh, chemicals on on things that you're going to consume. Mm -hmm. There are things that are listed for vegetables, but I'm I'm not real keen on it. But um, I suppose that's an option. Okay. Anyway. There we go. 356-9397. 356-9397. Plant experts live at Prairie Gardens. So you're uh, telling us about some of the things that you've selected for your garden, Steve. Well, Marianne's got some nice ground covers out there. And so we've got some uh, mainly sedums and some sempervivums, some hens and chicks in varying size spots. And uh, some grasses. Uh, I've got the uh, Beyond Blue. Oh, that's and nice, the, isn't and, it? And the traditional Elijah Blue going in. And then uh, if I turn around in time to go back out there, I'm going to take a look at some of her dianthus and some of the lower-growing dianthus and try and have this. So it'll be in a, uh, oh, not a rock garden, but kind of an embankment with some boulders and some things. So I have <clears throat> choosing plants that ha- will have textural interest, will have some flowering in some cases here with a sedum. Uh, and all have a similar light requirement and a similar watering requirement. They all can be, once established, can be a little bit on the drier side. Being on a hill, do they have to have a really strong root structure? Well, more so than for the plants, I I want them to have a strong root structure to avoid any erosion. So that's what I'll be encouraging. Okay. Uh, And all the things he was just talking about really appreciate that really sharp drainage that you would get in a, a bed a bed like that that's retained a little bit and the rocky thing around them. Uh, so all of those things that he mentioned are really good for that kind of situation. So in essence, it's the right plant in the right place. But even even beyond the flowers of the dianthus, which are beautiful, um, he's picked out things with, with good foliage color. They're, they're kind of a bluish green or a silvery blue. Yes. So it's going to have a really neat look. I can envision it. So. And then I was going to ask Marianne about... Uh, I don't want to get too many things going on, but it's going to be a little bit helter-skelter because I have a lot of different sedums, and I don't care if they intertwine and intermix and yeah, whatever happens, look, happens. Yeah. Uh, but perhaps uh, some other summer color, maybe some Delosperma. Yeah, uh, just a different ice, thing. Ice plant, yeah. again, it has a very <coughs> succulent, almost cactus-like flower, Yes, if you will, uh, 
to get some good summer color out of that. And I kind of hate to do it, but I'm considering taking some of the uh, flat leaf portulaca as an annual Uh and having that in there for even more flowers. Yeah, why not? It'll recede and it'll come back year after year reseeding. Um, hmm. So maybe mix in a little bit of that, too. I think that'd be great color. I, the, the flower color of both of those last two things he mentioned are very strong. Um, really great coloration. But they also spread really well. Uh, the Dell Sperma I've not had so much experience with. But, man, when it flowers, it is just fabulous. It really does look like a succulent. It has a really fat, juicy-looking leaf, but they're tiny. Yeah. So it's a good texture also. Yeah. Neat. It's a... It's a very exotic-looking flower. Yes. For, for this species. That kind of this a, range. A plant, yeah. Yeah. yeah it would give you, a def, I'd say, a tropical effect if it wasn't looking like more of a, a desert or a southwest kind of plant. And that's interesting. That's that's exactly what it looks like. The flower looks like a cactus flower. Yes. It's really cool. But so, that's that's why we're choosing what we're choosing here. Okay. Nice choices. Very nice choices. So that'll be that'll be fun. I didn't realize you had a rock. Well, okay, you're not I going to a rock garden. It's a, that kind of thingy going on. Yeah. So, cool. Got to retain a little bit of soil, and I want it to be relatively low maintenance. Well, those things will do it for sure. Yeah. I love the festucas, the uh, blue fescues. Oh, yes. They're just, they're really beautiful. They and the beautiful. two new colors that we got, Beyond Blue and something else, I've forgotten what it was, but just really strong coloration, which yeah. really adds an awful lot. Yeah. Well, I was, uh, I was in talking to, might have been John, it might have been Linda, it might have been somebody else uh, just the other day, but I asked him, some of the most common questions that were coming in this week yeah. to the garden center. And they said uh, bagged worms? Bagworms. Bagworms. Bag well, they could be bagged. They should be bagged. They should be bagged. Yeah. <laughs> bagworms. They yeah. said they've been having a lot of questions about bagworms. What should I know about that? You typically see them on evergreens. Uh, on, on the other hand, I have seen them hanging off of a, a chain link fence. Um, it, it looks like a little cocoon. Um, they can uh, they eat the foliage of um, arborvitae. Well, I- I- anything actually, but they they really like arborvitae. So you just again, it's about scouting and paying attention. Don't usually see the crawlers. Usually, you just see the bags. Yeah, and, and the, the crawlers are usually out. Well. Out feeding at dusk, so the time you would actually spray, if you are going to use a chemical control for to kill the larvae, uh, would be at dusk. So late afternoon, early evening, uh, even as late as say eight o'clock. But you know, from a practical standpoint, it gets to be a little bit tough to be out there spraying at eight o'clock at night, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But uh, it seems. And I think most of us are caught off guard because it was such a slow late spring. Yeah. But it's been so warm now for about a month Ta-da. Uh, we're back on schedule yeah and so therefore or in some cases maybe even ahead of schedule yeah so it's hard to imagine this being a problem already but it is and they were terrible last year for a lot of people yeah they were I mean, they really caused a lot of damage they can mm. strip they can kill uh, and you'd think how can those little things do all that damage but they certainly can so if if I had bagworms or I suspected bagworms um, I would personally spray with a, a a BT product, Bacillus surgensis, and it's it it it's not a conventional insecticide. It only kills things in the worm family. Uh, it doesn't work on the nervous system. It actually works on their digestive system hmm. and rots their guts out. 
score. And <laughs> going to uh, eat my garden. You're going to be sorry for that's it. That's right. Uh, <laughs> the, the problem becomes if it's a taller plant, spraying over your head, drift, yeah. all those kinds of things. So if it's a bigger plant and you have a problem, you may have to get some assistance. Uh, if you see any of the bags, which look like a Sasquatch kind of teardrop uh, thing about like this. Uh, oh, if interesting. Sasquatch teardrop. Yeah, kind of thing. <laughs> oh, I've and, seen a lot and, of those. And you'll see those in the late summer, mid to late summer, and, and over the winter if you don't pick them off. Uh, you really want to remove as many of those as you possibly can because you'll have thousands and thousands of larvae that can pop out of those the following thing. year. So physical removal of those, we're not at that time of year because they've already hatched. So, um, and so at this point, it's pretty much just the spray. It's pretty much the spray right now, and again, the best, the most effective time to spray would be in the early evening. Okay, hard to think it's that time of year already. Huh? Yeah. yeah, yeah, bugs. A lot of heat-stressed plants. You, you asked I'm about the, the about. common questions. That was probably the most common question. I people coming in talking about all different kinds of plants, and everything that was described to me sounded like environmental stress. Uh, there's just been an awful lot of that this year. Awful lot. We went from a really weird February, and March, like like Mike said on the radio mm -hmm. uh, call, into uh, summer in May. April and May, practically. Right. So it was stress on stress. So it's just been a bad year for a lot of plants. And so. not to mention a lot of plants were stressed last summer and fall exactly. going into this year. So drought, they, they were already season. predisposed to having some of these problems. Yeah. So and is there anything we can do to baby them along or help them in any way? Well, a lot of plants, that's the only thing to do for them right now is... In some cases, you remove damaged place parts. Um, I always like to put um, compost, composted cow manure or something, around the root zone of a plant. A little extra mulch, a little extra water if we don't have rain. Um, just a little TLC. Okay. That's what you got to do. TLC. And then just wait. Yeah, I have this... Um, 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 no, it's a boxwood. I actually think it's a boxwood. Is it sky pencil? The one that is Hylix. Okay, what's the other one? That's a that's the boxwood. Sky. Uh, oh, anyway, yeah. it's it's a it's a uh, broadleaf evergreen, and it stays real narrow and gets tall. So I've had it for almost 10 years now, and it's at the northeast corner of my house. So it's it's not really subject to winds, heavy winds, winter winds. Or much weather at all. Good. It's been beautiful. And I pruned it to keep it about uh, 10 inches wide. It's really cool. It looks like a this just strange little exclamation point in my yard. <laughs> um, this year, it all turned brown. All of it. Oh, so from I, the stress. I started Heat. scratching the bark to see if there was green under it. And guess what? There was. So I'm doing a little extra water. Um, I'll probably do start a little bit of fertilizer now that it's cooled off a little bit. Because we, we were as hot at night as, almost as we were in the daytime. So, and um, that, because I was thinking, you shouldn't fertilize when the plants are so stressed, stressed yeah. right? Okay. So bring it back with a little bit of water. And then, uh, it then it I'm largely gonna, depends upon the plant well, that's and the type of fertilizer. Yeah. Okay. You know, if she's using compost as a fertilizer, you're not going to cause a problem. No, I think exactly. if you're using one of the very slow-release organic-type fertilizers, yeah. I don't think you'd cause a problem. It, would, it a, would be hard to... An ammoniacal type of nitrogen or something that's going to give it a quick jolt, that's where the problem might lie. That's And that's always the case, but um, yeah, just a little bit of gentle stuff, and it's... Well, the brown leaves are starting to fall off. 
So that's a sign that the secondary buds are starting to push out. So o overall, have the number of boxwood people bringing in pieces has that slowed down a little bit from a couple weeks ago? A little tiny bit. But it's still common. Uh, it's still common. And, okay. and we talked about this. It's you know it's been a combination. Not everybody has the same thing, but it's a combination of winter damage. Uh, some people had leaf miner damage. Some people had spider mites. Yeah. Um, uh, there are some disease problems, but. I think those might be the lesser of... Of any of it, of, yeah. Of of it. yeah. <laughs> Mostly it's been environmental stress, and boxwood suffered a lot. And for for whatever reason, barberry also. Uh, I've had a lot of people talk about their uh, barberries that were, um, oh, I've had these for 20 years, and this is the first time this has happened. But huh. um, it's like, really? Those guys are really tough. And you know something that tough doesn't make it through the season. It was a hard season. It, okay. Yeah. Hey, Tamara, we've got point. lots of beautiful fresh things out there. Oh, my gosh, you do. Uh, whether it's in perennials or whether it's in annuals, combo pots, hanging baskets, four-and-a-half-inch material, lots of color, actually a nice selection of herbs and vegetables still. New stuff came in while I was gone <laughs> yesterday, oh. so i got to go shop. <laughs> that sounds great. Yeah. All right, then. This has been Plant Experts, live at Prairie Gardens with experts Mary Ann Metz and Steve Brown. I'm Tamara McDaniel. A special thanks to our executive producer, Blake Landa. Coming up next, it's Saturday Sports Talk with Steve Kelly and Lauren Tate here on DWS. Remember, if you become an IB Long member at Prairie Gardens, you save an extra 10% on Tuesdays. You can view more savings on their website at prairiegardens.com. Have a great weekend, everyone.